October 21, 2021. It's a lot for Pedro Show.
let's actually give a demonstration. We've got a metronome here which is ticking away at 80 beats to the minute. And you can hear, actually, if I hold it up to the microphone, that it actually is quite a steady speed. That's what 80 beats to the minute actually sounds like. Thank <laughs> you. 
Looking again at today's headline stories in California, state and federal officials are inspecting the damage done by levee breaks in the San Joaquin Delta. Charles Manson was denied parole today for the fifth time. And in San Francisco, Mayor Dianne Feinstein announces a new shelter for the homeless. That's California Edition for Wednesday, December 1st. Our technical director is Kim Aubrey, original music composed by Dave Slusser. Funds were provided by the California Council for the Humanities and the California Public Broadcasting Commission. I'm Mara Liason. That's good. Show we started off this dish. Well, happy Thursday, people. John Coltrane, very rare. He played Ascension live, and this was the second time, I think, the next day at the quartet. It's also called the Blue Valsais. For some reason, it got titled wrong on the bootlegs that came out. This is live at Salet Playel, Paris, July 28, 1965. I think the last. Ah. Last tour of the classic quartet. And uh, then we had 80. And you can also probably guess that I'm not man alone because there was another voice because those Estonian software engineers with their Skype invention, David Slusser, once again, welcome aboard, David. Thank you. Uh, hard to follow Coltrane, man. Well, you did with a tune called 80. <laughs> look, I was thinking of, you know, you sent me a picture this time of you doing the fucking soprano. That's right. Okay. So, you know, Coltrane and the the, the Ascension thing, of course, one of his more uh, difficult works to understand or appreciate. But the quartet thing was another look at it. Yeah. Dig it. Very, very it cool. To it is a trip. You very know, cool uh, to have that. In my music world. It's really key because this is wasn't the quartet version, but the album, you know, which yeah. I think in a trippy way he was waving to Ornette, saying, "Yeah, I like what you're doing." Yeah, yeah, in a trippy got... way. When I look back on it now, at the time I did, I was after a gig. I think after a Germs gig, and Raymond played it. Pet, Raymond Pettibump. I thought it was like the Germ. I thought I thought he was older, but. <laughs> I didn't know he was dead. I didn't know anything about Bebop. I thought he was a older punk rocker because that ascension <laughs> was like so wild. And the gig I just saw and me coming from Arena Rock, it was just a revelation. Yeah, t totally uh, a different thing. A message from uh, a different time and place from outer space. Yes, he waved at Ornette. Uh, I, I bought the album way too early. <laughs> in my appreciation of Coltrane. And I had to like put it away for a couple of years <laughs> before, before I could get it out and listen to it and understand it. But uh, nonetheless, yes, you're, you're right on with the, uh, the group freedom and everything. It's, you know, what a contribution. You know, uh, well, he was like that, you know, it wasn't like, Oh, here comes competition. It's like, no, here comes some other ideas, you know, like with John Gilmore and uh, Pharaoh Sanders and uh, yeah. Albert Eiler and all these guys. I remember th I got this interview. He's talking to this guy in Holland. Said, oh, Mr. Uh, John Coltrane, who's your favorite tenor player? He says all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Like the guy, yeah, like the guy who's just starting to learn. <laughs> oh, that's the right answer. I know. It's just beautiful. Look, it's been four or five months since you've been on the show, right? Yeah, yeah. What's happened? It was, uh, music uh, in the cave. 
Uh, and I play outside uh, once or twice a week with some other uh, old friends, you know, trying to keep it alive. And we did it last week. It's October. We're outside in Northern California, uh, but it was a nice day and uh, we got down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell me about this 82. Well, that was from a, uh, uh, a sound design concept album that came out on Zodic, which was John Zorn's label, still is. And that was based upon 80 beats per minute. And back, that was in the 90s and and like uh, beat music, electronic dance music and rap were starting to just totally go to these beat-oriented things. So my take, my creative collage take on it was to say, okay, I'll take this standard uh, disco hip-hop beat rhythm and I'll build the whole piece with that as a click track in the background. You didn't hear it, but everything that happens in that piece happened at a pulse of 80 beats per minute. So I started it with a BBC announcer demonstrating the click track (laughs) And th- which was ele- like electronic metronome. And then I just subverted the metronome into an electronic pulsation and built on it from there and well, uh, added all kinds of stuff. And because it was 80 be- beats per minute, I got a-, a friend of mine that was in a band called MX80 yeah, out, of Bloom- of out of Bloomington. So I got Dale Sophia, the bass player for that band, to lay down this, come in in the middle of it, lay down this, you know, really super grungy bass part that eats up most of the frequency <laughs> and and then i took it out uh with uh it ends going off into a theme for california public radio i'm which i had a time where i was trying to be a composer like a of you know jingles and popular music i think they call them bu- uh, bumpers bumpers yeah it was it was that it was <laughs> a bumper from it or uh, not, Calif- uh, a synthesizer young man from Pittsburgh named uh, Tom Feck. He's Black Moss Super Rainbows, one of his bands. But he yeah. told me that's what got him into electronic music was them bumpers. No way. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and uh, that's a whole that's a whole other world that is incestuous. And in you know, everybody's trying to imitate each other and trying to do their own take on the bumper. <laughs> you know, so that was my that was my take on the bumper. Okay. And there was actually, uh, you know, famous NPR correspondent Mara Eliasson in there at the very end doing the news of the day, which was that uh, Mayor Mayor Dianne Feinstein of San Francisco was doing something. And then Charles Manson's parole was denied for like the 20th time, (laughs) you know, so just, you know, a slice of uh, of verite, you know, uh, actuality, uh, field recording mixed in with. The electronic music that was you know that was still part of my bag right right you know uh so you said in the time since we last talked you started uh doing uh, playing again in the chilly air uh but what about uh in the cave there as far as uh were you trading files uh, a little bit of that, and that's that's fun to an extent, but there's also this thing, I don't know if some of the other musicians across the country that you talk to have done playing online on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, so I was, I'm doing that because my cave is, is like a studio, sure. and that's the, that's the perfect thing for uh, internet playing, because you got the headphones and you got all the synthesizers hooked up to your mixer, and that's all plugged into your computer, so you just flip a switch and boom, your studio is now in the jam session with these other people who might just be playing like a, you know, a flute or a, a guitar or something. And I'm I'm there with a, my turbocharged studio. <laughs> right, right. Now, do you, you know, do you 
did you work out some strategies to deal with the latency thing? Well, yes, uh, you you have to do it uh, with an Ethernet cable, okay. so you're not using Wi-Fi. Sure, sure. That's that's the big deal. And then because uh, one of my daughters was working from home, we upgraded our Internet speed on our line during the pandemic. Yes. So so, I mean, you, if you're at a faster speed and you've got the Ethernet and uh, you're on a platform where you can adjust for, you know, the best or for the least latency, it's not bad. It's like playing the amount of latency that you get is like playing with someone that's on the other side of a stage. Okay. That that's all the delay there is when you really have it working. So you can play with people in, in semi real time. Yeah. I thought there'd be like other strategies, like, well, you don't ever try to like, you know, do a Jim Brown thing where you got three guys on the trap playing identical part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> might hear a little flap. So you should so not you, do that. You, you figure uh, in like yeah. fudgy spaces where it's not so close. So it's not so perceptible that latency problem. Oh yeah. Ambient music. No problem. Yeah, Man, right, that's, right. that's just like, it's, if you want to play something trippy, it's go, go baby. So it's like people <laughs> uh, supplying layers, right? Yeah, some do. And if you get into a session like that, it's it's just total, really fun. But I've also played bebop with some people under the right conditions. Oh, wow. Okay. And then you have to stay on top of the beat. Right. Actually, you have you have to push the beat. Kind of ahead of it, right? Because you're pre yeah. almost premeditated. Yeah. And, 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 you know, give it up to the drummer. Whatever the drums do, he's, <laughs> he, he's right. He's right. He is right. Nobody else you is right. You are correct, so. sir. David, you, like gave me this, you gave me this music, date, uh, Delight, at the end of the tunnel. Yes. Tell me about it. Well, that is, this is, this is pure sound composition. Uh, and I, I was going to have another piece in there for Halloween, which I guess is, is coming this up. time of year. Yep. And, uh, but instead I put this one on because it's actually a better piece. And it's uh, a collection of of sound files and uh, that I did like on an editing bench. If you were an old fashioned editor, film editor, you have all these film clips hanging around and you can, and you can actually crossfade between them. So this is like taking favorite pieces of sound from my collection and telling a little story in sound with just sound effects and not music. Or the sound effects become a, a kind of music. Exactly. Okay, let's listen.
nervous?
drugs in unconfirmed Mexico liquid sticks to your neck climb another wall over the mountain breathe in force of experience forcing you to breathe and climb Ah! 
service announcement from Guitar Troubadours. What wants woman's to be happy, healthy, and fulfilled? Optimize yourself, ladies.
For Pedro Show, that chunk of music, David Slusser started out with delight at the end of the tunnel. Then brand new from Guided by Voices, Spanish Coin, Yastel WCC Watt, collab I got with Sam Lockward now with City. Got a bucket, or got a, maybe it's a, yeah, it's not an interrogative, it's a declarative. Got a bucket. Chris Kroger out of, uh, where you moved to? Belmont, Texas. Pregnant again. That's cover, right? Wild Henson. And then finally, Rubber City. And something live. Uh, a cover of uh, Eight Miles High. Which I heard, I read somewhere, something about that tune was inspired by John Coltrane. Maybe the solo or something? Uh, if The Birds recording. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, uh, Roger McGuinn on his 12-string guitar actually quotes... Uh, India over the oh. opening va- over the opening vamp of Eight Miles High, or it's his solo, one of the two. Yeah, precisely. Okay. okay, and I know Robbie Krieger said something about light my fire. He, him too, you know, because '67, right? This is when we lose, yeah. Mr. Coltrane. And I can imagine. I I I, I saw an interview with Jimmy Ke- Hendrix where he said uh, about uh, Mitch Mitchell. That's my Elvin Jones. Exactly. Oh, I love those. I love those guys. I love Mitch Mitchell. Oh my God. Oh yeah, incredible. So tell me about this. I remember we talked a little about Rubber City. Yeah, that was a group with Ralph Carney, right? The late right. Ralph Akron. 
and and Ralph and I uh, grew up in Akron, about a mile apart from each other. I'm a little older, so we weren't in school together at the same time. But right when he got out of high school, and I right when I got out of college, we started playing together uh, for a year and a half or so in Akron. Uh, both of us just still learning the repertoire, and but it was kind of like a free jazz thing because we that was. Uh, probably uh, mid-70s, early 70s. And, you know, free jazz was very much on everybody's mind, and you know, especially for two uh, aspiring saxophonists. So we hit it off uh, in Akron, and then later Ralph moved uh, out to Oakland, where I live, which is the San Francisco Bay Area, and we uh, re-established our uh, relationship and playing relationship and formed this band, which was uh, bass, drums, and two saxes. And just tried to cover, uh, well, we, we would play rock tunes, we'd play jazz tunes, original tunes, and but mostly improvising, because Ralph just, just made music out of thin air all the time. And so the two of us doing that with our quartet, all four of us just making music out of thin air, but then we would throw in something that somebody knew and suddenly it would be eight miles high. Right. Wow, which is kind of what beboppers did, right? They take trad tunes and turn them inside chim chim cherry. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of. <laughs> or even favorite things, right? That's a silly little fucking waltz, and he perfect. Yeah, perfect example of of that. It doesn't, you know, there, there's no there's no such thing as a small tune. No, <laughs> you know, no, small musicians. <laughs> yeah, small imaginations. Small, right. Uh, That's it. Lack of, uh, you know, even entertaining the idea of possibilities. Right. Keeping everything confined. Yeah. You know, well, the great musicians can see the possibilities in the simplest of materials. Right. And, and they like Mr. Coltrane, just uh, take the one idea and show you what you can do with it. Mr. Bartok, I heard, got some inspiration for his stuff by going into villages and hearing some folk stuff. Yeah, that was fortunate because <laughs> he did a lot of musicians a favor. Uh, <laughs> so many, so many jazz musicians dig Bartok for that reason, and it 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 really enriched classical music because they were going off in Bartok's time into more theoretical, you know, serialism and things, and Bartok understood those forms but he he said no no there's there's plenty back there <laughs> in the roots yeah right right and he was he was right right if you get peripheral vision is really peripheral vision that yeah, means you gotta look back the, sideways forward up down yeah and the folk music doesn't have that prejudice about academic academia it's just, it accepts folk music accepts so much other sound, oh, you know, yeah. incorporate. Absolute. Uh, there, there, there's a story in it, right? Yeah. So, so Whatever great, you David. got. Yeah. Bring, tell, feel, cry, laugh. I love it. We're at the end of the first hour, October 21, 2021, edition. Watt Peters, our special guest, David Slusser. Hold tight for hour two. October 21, 2021, second hour of the Watt for Peters.
Watch for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour. Stray horns with cold duck for cootie. I think at the end of the piece, it, it might be you explaining it's Jim Brown and Duke Ellington. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. James Brown. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Jim, Jim Brown's the football player. I was originally from the Cleveland area. Actually, so. an actor, too, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Stowe Carter Project, Prima Storia. Uh, time slippage hearing from love bounded by water, and then again the stray horns live, reincarnation of a lovebird. So you got to hit me to stray horns, Billy uh, the songwriter. Yes. Yeah, okay. okay. I, I you know I made a uh, uh, a joke out or a, not a joke out of his name, but Billy Strayhorn was Duke Ellington's uh, kind of silent writing partner. Sure. And. Uh, collaborated uh he was a homosexual so he he had to be like you know under the radar back in the 30s and 40s but duke didn't care and sure. uh cultivated him and gave him you know work and publishing and lots of stuff yeah. uh anyway he was a genius genius writer uh yeah. so the stray horns are named after him but i say stray horns because it's five horns bass and drums Whoa. so i I'm trying to take uh, it's like reduction. So you take uh, a score and for a big band and see how just five horns can kind of be so versatile that they get all the parts. It's also my revenge against piano players that take, <laughs> take up all the air. Yeah. You know, this Miles <laughs> said that in his book, too. They said why well, he couldn't stand Red Garland. But he kept him Too in many. the band. He said he's yeah. really like Ahmed J Jamal, right? Because yeah. he was Econo. Let the tune breathe. Yeah. And so, you know, but horn players themselves can imply all those harmonies and colors if, you know, if they, someone arranges it. Right, and then, right. Because they're monophonic, so they need somebody to organize that kind of harmony. Yeah. So that was my study in organizing that kind of harmony, but also giving the horn players the power to be the band we you know and be the harmonic material and we don't need a piano player with sure. 10 fingers uh we do it we get all the harmonies out with just five notes well if you think uh, about you think about the swing bands they put the piano guy in the rhythm section and all doing eighth notes with the guitar bass and drums right bang yeah. bang 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 because the horns were so loud it's interesting uh, it's true True, different technology. Yeah, well, in a different scene, right? You had hundreds of people dancing. You had to get over the foot stomping. So, so Strayhorns, who's on the bass there? That would be Joe McKinley, okay. uh, who is a Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area player uh, that I've known for, gosh, I started playing with him uh, around 1980, you know, just doing jazz casuals. He's a great player. You know, oh, and... Sun Ra came to town around then and wanted Joe to be in the band. Whoa. And wanted him to join the commune, but Joe has a white wife and Sun Ra didn't want want him to bring his wife along. Uh, you know, Sun Ra had his whole his own scene. So Joe sure, was sure. asked. But Joe he also asked, had a bass man, right? Mr. Boykin. He wrote a lot of his songs. Oh, I love Ronnie Boykins. In fact, I yeah. uh, Tiny Pyramids, I covered that with uh, Bucky but beautiful tune, man. Yep. Well, the Strayhorns do a whole book, a whole set of, of Sun Ra tunes because it's the same idea. And uh, Sun Ra came out of the Duke Ellington. Absolutely. Uh, 
lineage of color, color and harmony. Also, also there was a cat because I read the John Swed book in a, a Fletcher Henderson, an R and B guy, right in Chicago. Yes. Yeah. Right. That that was uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I have the book too. It has a green cover. I love space it. Space is uh, the place. Space is the place. <laughs> Certainly is. And you uh, gave me this here. Now this is just David Slusser, Ethnologic. Let's listen.
for Pedro Show, that chunk of music, David Slusser, Ethnologic, started it off. Then Headboggle, he got a new album. This is Sneaky Polyphonics. Finally, some more Rubber City, Migrants. So, Ethnic Logic. Yes, that's, uh, that's a nod to, uh, you know, people that 
to this day do things in their bedroom, you know, all by themselves. Yeah. And, you know, now a, uh, a young woman or a young man can be at the top of the pop charts with something <laughs> that they did in their bedroom yeah. or in their little home studio. So this is me back. Uh, gosh, I did that on a, a, a four channel quarter inch tape recorder with, you know, overdubbing just me. And uh, that was in the early, probably not early eighties trying to do that piece by myself, but it's also a rhythmic uh, puzzle where uh you, the you the beat is one one two three one two three four one two three four five. It follows that beat cycle. Uh, that's that's fifteen notes, but fifteen can be divided by three, and yep. fifteen can be divided by five. Uh, yeah. So I took I took one pathway in five, one pathway in three, and I have them kind of overlaying each other. And then I because it's the five because of the five factor, I used a pentatonic. Uh a sound, uh, a scale system. And, you know, Five it's tones. a very, very complex piece. You know, I was, I was nerding out. That was my, uh, attempt at, uh, David, let me ask you what went first. Uh, the Casio. Okay. <laughs> a little Casio VL tone going, a little rhythm box. Right. And, uh, then uh, uh, I think uh, guitar just doing one one two three one 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 two one two three one two three four one two three four five. So it's this nice little pentatonic cascading thing. Sure. Then I brought in the xylophone and the Glockenspiel and <laughs> you know kitchen sink. Alabama sausage whistle. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I also got to play a backwards guitar solo on it. Something I yeah, always wanted yeah. to do, and I literally flipped the tape over because this is back in the tape days. Right, right, right. And played along with the rhythm track that was playing backwards, and then you flip that back, and you have this psychedelic, yeah, instant psychedelic sure. guitar solo. Yes, the uh, film people do the same thing to throw show shit, right? Yep, yep. Uh, the, the, like, oh, it goes back into the bottle. You know, you, you dump it out of <laughs> yep. the bottle, right? And, and, yeah. and this other one, uh, this rubber uh, migrant, something uh, more stuff with Ralph. Yes, it is, and. Uh, that's based on two whole tone scales. There's really only two whole tone scales. Right, right. Which means that everything is a, a step apart. A whole uh, step apart. Yeah. A whole a whole step apart. And for the layman, it's just it's that magic sound, the magic floaty sound, because uh, it's it really has ambiguous. A, yeah, yeah. It, it has an augmented interval, and I just go back and forth. The two sections of the piece are one whole tone scale. And then the other next section is the opposite whole tone scale. So you you go through these floating worlds, and it was supposed to be like migrate, like migrating. I had just moved from Ohio to California when I wrote that, right. but I was also thinking about migration all over the world. Sure. And now now it's a major thing. We have a migration crisis. People are fleeing certain parts of the world and they will continue to flee because of our climate crisis and all the other crises that are going on so uh being a migrant is now a very common thing and it is maybe the future of humanity we're all going to be on the move as you know our coastlines rise and whatever else the heck happens before we get a handle on it i don't know if we're going to get a handle on it we may be doomed you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of scary and stuff. Well, people, 
Yeah, not really taking stock in consequence. Actually not taking responsibility. So exactly that's the right music. Thing. That's what I, I, I'm trying. A lot, a lot of music. I, you try to have the music be about something. Yeah. And, you know, just to get people to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, uh, a crowbar. <laughs> yeah, but that just, no, no, I'm using a metaphor here. <laughs> yeah, that describes my music pretty well, though. <laughs> to get the hubcap off. You know, which, which end of the crowbar do you want? Yeah, like one time uh, I was helping the Stooges and they came at me and he had the belt off and I was thinking, just don't use the buckle. <laughs> oh my God. And he whooped it right me. in front. No, he's working the stage. He whooped it right in front of me, but he didn't hit me. Oh, man. Protected his bass player. Protected his bass. Look, we're at the end of the second hour, October 21, 2021. Yeshua Pedro Show special guest, David Slusser. Hold tight, fire three. October 21, 2021. It's third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show. <laughs>
Watch for Pedro Show. We start off the third hour. Malcolm Mooney and 10th Planet with Power is Off. And then Reboot. This is this project where they're uh, reimagining the, the Gullum. This is part three. I think there's nine parts altogether. Eight parts. And this Universalized Reboot. Uh, Mary Shelley used this uh, story like for her Frankenstein. Old folk uh, story, the Gullum. Stray Horns, again. Purple Gazelle. Some more live stuff. So, did you record all the Strayhorn gigs? Uh, most of what I, yeah, get gigs, I have a recorder running if I can. Okay. It's pretty good sound. Thank you. Uh, yeah. That Do it myself. Uh, I would love to take them into a studio once uh, we get back into the studio situation land i would take that band into a nice big room with yeah. a real with a real engineer yeah yeah the plane is tight now malcolm mooney 10th planet now malcolm mooney earlier in the show today you brought up M your old buddies in mx80 sound and that's the last time i saw mx80 was malcolm mooney was singing for them and people out there malcolm mooney was the first singer for can before demo and yes, it was great. He was reading from this huge ass book on Spiel he had, and it was just beautiful. And then Holger played, but no bass. He did little beats with this uh, other uh, this German guy doing uh, uh, rap. Right, uh, Holger Zuke. Yeah, it inspired me uh, to do more. I like that piece we played earlier, uh, Ethnologic. That would be like you yeah, know, yeah, I would yeah. be thinking of Holger when I did that. But Malcolm uh, came out to California uh, in the Oakland area and played with, you know, just tried to get some things going with uh, uh, some of the former members of MX-80 and some just some of the weirdos out here who would play behind him. He liked, you know, do do poetry and some of his old songs. Yeah. So I, I played with him over a number of, of years in a band called Tenth Planet. And there's one guy from MX-80 in that, right. which would explain why. Uh, Malcolm would be singing on an MX-80 gig, but Ma Mal is also a visual artist and a poet. And I think uh, he just sent me a, I think it's from uh, the Boston or somewhere in Massachusetts where he's, I think, teaching art or something. He's he's out playing again. He just sent me a, oh, a gig great. notice. So, yeah, he's he's a great, wonderful, creative guy. Yeah, yeah, wonderful yeah. Guy. And, and, and so how did this happen here? Uh, he, he was in Oakland uh, trying to, do gigs and and uh mark weinstein of amoeba records who is one of the later drummers in mx80 sure. uh tried to produce well actually did produce it with miles boysen uh tried to produce an album for malcolm just to you know put out more malcolm material sure, sure. more of malcolm's originals so we actually did uh, a record called hysterica and that's what uh the power is off came from his album hysterica and I'm in there on uh, organ and baritone sax, making a lot of noise. But I, lo I love the way Malcolm sings. I mean, he scares you. The power yeah, yeah, is off. Yeah. It's, that's going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. You My power was off yesterday. Was it off? Yeah. Yes. It's only a matter of time. You gave me one more piece of Rubber City music you did with Ralph. Something called Perdita. Oh, yeah. That's from a David Lynch movie. Okay, let's listen.
I'll get the cherry on the cell trip on the wood here that the I wish you would have been strong when I was used to soak. See you, Sally, but of your enemies. So, God, this will power a lot. was battered, it still had weapons, it still had transport, it still had some semblance of organization, and the loyal officers who were at remote bases, who were airborne at the time, who somehow or another on other planets were not affected, suddenly turned around right after this great catastrophe, and the administrators and renegades which Zemu had bought in were not very effective, and a firefight ensued which put the finishing touches on the Galactic Confederation. The, the towns that were left and so on were just battered into ruins where you had the renegades that had been hired and so on, the administrators that had been loyal to Zemu were still trying to hold out. Within a year, he was in, in uh, under arrest, and uh, within six years, uh, the lot had been wiped out. The loyal officer was triumphant. Zemu was put with several of his cohorts in the center of a mountain, which is still on one of these planets, and uh, in a wire cage, which is charged with an eternal battery. He's not likely ever to get out. Go, 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 and uh, go, go, go. the loyal officers looked around. There wasn't anything left. And of course, nobody could manufacture this or that or the other thing. And, what people there were left, they couldn't obtain any supplies, and they couldn't maintain the civilization, and what little was left that wasn't battered to pieces simply went by the boards and vanished from history. 
there is a base on this planet, and it is so shredded away as to be hardly recognized. Wherever, then, uh, anybody tries to do anything about this, he's apt to get uh, a flashback. So you mustn't go around talking about being the people who are going to save the planet. You are the people the planet obeys. You are the people who own the planet. You are not the people who are going to save And thereby you will save
this condition many years ago in studying uh, the subject of Dianetics, Scientology, putting them together, working with it, I thought it might be an awfully good thing to become a member of a police force for a little while to find out what they were scared of. And I did. Came a special officer in the Los Angeles police, as I just mentioned. I wanted to find where these vicious criminals were that were making them so frightened. <clears throat> I had a beat down on South Main Street. They didn't know who I was. I was careful to talk uh, uh, colloquially like I do in lectures. <laughs> and uh, they were very friendly uh, with me because I was something they could understand, a policeman. But down on South Main Street, amongst the gyps, griffs, and the dopes, the hopheads, the tea eaters, and the rest of them, the lowest strata of humanity that comes across from the lowest strata of Mexico to mingle with the lowest strata of Los Angeles, and boy, that's low. <laughs> <laughs> Los Angeles is the only city in the world that deserves psychiatrists.
next target. Moscow. Usually, it's been my experience that he was out having a drink. 
while it all went on and the jail was knocked down and the lynching was done. While the riot was in progress, there never could have been less police. Of course, it's usually unfortunate that the police do get there. It's usually unfortunate that they do. In the first place, when they arrested the guy, what have they got him in a cage for? Are men supposed to be kept in cages? Well, evidently police think so. Well, they must be very imperceptive because if they go down to the zoo and look, they won't find any men in cages down the zoo. And yet they think men should be kept in cages. They think that's what you're supposed to do with men. And I, I think that's rather dull. I, I don't think anybody's ever taught them any different. Nobody's ever walked up to him and said, hey, do you know something? You keep wild animals in cages. And uh, you don't put men in cages. They don't belong in cages. And I bet an awful lot of cops would look at you and say, we don't put men in cages, we put them in jail. I don't know how this would be different, however, since I have never known a criminal to be bettered by being put in jail. And I have known many to be worse. They drop down below apathy by being put in jail, and their criminal tendencies are then totally in control of them. There is hardly exists such a thing as a one-time prisoner. So repeaters. That is, in the ranks of criminals. So the society at large could be said to exist in pretty good shape, going its way, doing the best that it can, floundering along into this rut hole and out of that one, helping their fellow man and being helped. Except for two or three odd elements in it. One of those elements is the insane. We can do so much about this particular one that there's hardly any use to talk about it. What we lack is facilities. If you were to process people who were insane in the society, you would take them, you would find it was absolutely vital that you sever their immediate connections with the society for a period of time. Because the society is what is bothering them. The society is bothering them. You must keep them unbothered for a little while, and in addition to that, you must keep them in a state where they cannot injure themselves for a while until you can set them up still. And then, you must be able to take your own sweet time about process. Because the span of attention is so instantaneous, so momentary, that uh, to grip it for three or four minutes on a brace is rather, it's rather big, it's rather something. You got an insane person to give you his undivided attention for 30 seconds is not rare, but for him to give you uh, sane attention for about four minutes is the, well, practically impossible. And yet an auditor, auditor, and any other place in a proper institution would discover that uh, he was spending uh, four hours of the five hours of processing doing nothing but trying to keep the guy quiet so the neighbors wouldn't be bothered. And that doesn't have anything to do with processing at all. You can do various things with a criminal. One of the things is to give him some rest. 
Give him some rest. Give him some food. Let him walk around. Cut him away from the things that are worrying him a little bit. And a great many people with that treatment all by themselves would recover. Others would recover if you simply walk them into exhaustion so they could then sleep. Others would recover uh, if you simply uh, had an area uh, that was very quiet that they could go and sit down. It's quite amazing if you didn't bother them with interviews and didn't bother them with this, that, and the other thing, how many would snap back to battery. Completely apart from any processing. People, for instance, with electric shocks get out of institutions three weeks later when people were given electric shocks and average trouble. In other words, his incarceration is increased by three weeks by reason of having been given an electric shock. That's what you read into that figure. In other words, an electric shock deters his getting well. All right. Uh, there are other things you can do, tremendous numbers of things you can do. If you had a motionless object floating in the air in some room, criminal could go in and look at it for a while. You'd find something odd happen. He'd just look at the stillness until he could accept that piece of stillness. By the time he could actually go in that room and stay in that room quietly for a while, he would be uh, well on his way. In other words, there are ways of treating uh, insanity which don't even require an auditor, but require an auditor's careful supervision. An auditor who knows enough not to get as desperate as they are. An auditor who knows that it is exactly the opposite. The insaner they get, why the uh, quieter and easier you are. Not the more frantic. But this problem is not actually a tremendous problem in the society. It's being sold as one for the benefit of appropriation. You bet I cut the taxes at the top. Cut the taxes at the top. You bet I cut the taxes at the top. First, let me make it very clear. Poor people aren't necessarily killers. You're working hard to put food on your family. Just because you happen to be not rich doesn't mean you're willing to kill. You're working hard to put food on your family. Learn to be responsible citizens and learn to have the skills necessary to take advantage of our fantastic opportunistic society. Mendacity. Mendacity. We ought to make the pie higher. We ought to make the pie higher. I guess you'd say, uh, I'm a good steward of the land. We got a good common sense policy. Now, I'm going to tell you what I really think is going to happen over time. The birds are supposed to suffer, not the hunter. Mendacity. Mendacity. Nobody can threaten this country. Nobody can threaten this country. Nobody can threaten this country. You know, let me let me talk about Al Qaeda for a second. I'm I made the statement that we're dismantling senior management, and we are. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, Abu Zubaydah, Ramzi Al-Shib, Ramzi Al-Shib, or whatever the guy's name was. Oh, they may be able to bomb a building. 
And we're fully committed to working with both sides to, to, to uh, bring the level of terror down to an acceptable level for both. Deadly technology. And, uh, you know, it'll take time to restore chaos. I, I can't imagine somebody like Osama bin Laden understanding the joy of Hanukkah. We cannot let terrorists and rogue nations hold this nation hostage. Nobody can threaten this country. Nobody can threaten this country. Mendacity. Mendacity. Nobody can threaten this country. Nobody can threaten this country. But that's okay. If this were a dictatorship, it'd be a heck of a lot easier. <laughs> Just so long as I'm the dictator. Watch <laughs> for Pedro Show. Final music for this edition. Rubber City Red. Uh, Rubber. Almost said that other name, that new wave band. That other band. Yeah, I'm not going to even think about it. Fucking. Right? You know, that it's like 40 years ago. <laughs> Somehow it's still in my head. Damn them. Or damn me. Uh, Perdita, Rubber City. And then LRH, in his own words, my guest on the last episode, Sam Raw. Um, it's like Tal, but with the R. Rao. Yeah. Sam Rao. She, uh, yeah, does these, uh, what you call them, music scapes. Yeah, she did. <laughs> Featured Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> And then finally, David Slusser, Thug. Interesting tune. <laughs> yeah, but how far back does that baby go? That's 2004. Okay. And that was a compilation of Bay Area artists that were wanted to make a statement about uh, our war uh, in Iraq. That's why I was going to mention it sounded like about those times. Yeah, and... It, once again, this is musicians doing something with their music besides just playing pretty notes. We put together a <laughs> compilation to raise money for Af. Uh, I, I think it went to Afghan war veterans or Afghan w widows or something. But it, all the proceeds from the CD went to support uh, Afghan women. But it was really about the war uh, in Iraq. All that stuff. It was an anti-George W. Bush cd that we local bay area people got together and said well let's you know do something with our music besides see how many hits we can get on what, <laughs> social media or whatever right, right. whatever it was back then uh, and a lot of fun and that's where i used my skill as a, as a sound editor to put all those clips of bush and cheney and the late colin powell uh, and everybody else talking about uh, weapons of mass destruction. Yellow cake. Yellow cake. <laughs> I remember. I remember. So what, what do you got going now? Right right at the moment. Is there something at in the, the moment, fire right on the stove cooking? At the moment, I'm still doing a, 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 a long-distance uh, file-sharing piece. Uh, I'm with a couple of my buddies, couple of guitar players here in Oakland, Len Patterson and Steve Clark. And I'm also writing some more for the Strayhorns because uh, 
I'm hoping that by Charles Mingus's 100th birthday, which is next April, the Strayhorns will be able to actually concertize, go out and play some more. So I'm writing uh, Strayhorn arrangements of Charles Mingus's material. Wow. Yeah, he had some, he had his trip with uh, Duke Ellington in a way, but trippier, or uh, I shouldn't say trippier, just really strange. Uh, but neat, neat, that epitaph thing, I, you know, I, I heard yes. it realized, right? Man, his, his imagination, I, I would love to hear the Strayhorn take on this. Stray horns. So when you get that happening, please come back on the show. Well, I, invites always open to you, David, anytime. Well, thank you. you you're doing a great, uh, great service to musicians and people everywhere by, you know, shining a light up the dark crevice <laughs> of, of local music everywhere. And this is this is what's happening in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, at least what we played of mine today. Yeah. And then, like you were saying, you're going to take the stray horns into a studio with an engineer. But yep. You got the playing part, though. That's usually the hardest part. So yeah. I can't wait. Can't wait. Thanks so much. And can't wait, wait till you're back on the show, too, David. Thank you so much. Well, a pleasure, Mike. And keep keep at it. You're, uh, you're doing a great service. Uh, spreading the word. Okay. People, October 21, 2021, Dishwap Peters will keep you powder dry.